0: Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant.
1: And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder, and today's episode is brought to you by Puracy. Puracy makes high-quality, natural household products without all the BS. Bad (laughs) stuff. Get it? Uh. Ah. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Fairhaven Health is introducing a new product, the Sage Personal Moisturizer and Lubricant. Mm-hmm. Which we'll hear more about both of those things later. But right now, Diane has our review of the week, I believe.
0: I do. Yes, it's that time for the review of the week. And it is from, uh, let me extend it here, Ambelin, I hope I have that right, Ambelin09. This podcast is perfect for pregnant women. This podcast has eased so many worries and made me feel empowered and educated. Even though there is so much info to learn before I have my first baby at the end of June. I hope that worked out well for you. I can take comfort in knowing where to go for reliable information. One episode suggestion I have is providing information for moms about their options if they cannot breastfeed or for whatever reason, I'm high risk and I'm worried something may happen, but I'm fully intended to try. How do I get a hold of donated breast milk? Is it safe? How do I pick the right formula? And those are great suggestions. I think we will definitely put that stuff on our list because that is... I think a lot of people do wonder about donated breast milk, is it safe, things like that. And I think that's a great thing for us to talk about, you know, for people. And even, like, where you can donate because there's a lot of moms who really want to donate. So we should probably do talk about that one of these days. So we're going to put sure. that on the list. Thank you so much for the suggestions. And I hope everything is going well with your little one. And we love to hear suggestions and what you like and ideas and what, you know, is working for you in your breastfeeding journey, what it's like, Um, shoot us a review, put it on iTunes and that will help the podcast a lot. Um, But if you just want to email us, you can do that too at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also go on our website, check out all the cool things there and fill out one of those contact forms and that'll come to us too. But yeah, that's that's it today. I'm kind of excited about today's episode because it is World Breastfeeding Week. Da da! Welcome <laughs> and World Breastfeeding Month. So you know all of August, and it's cool because throughout August now, the next few episodes, we are going to have some really cool things about different breastfeeding situations or experiences um, for different cultures all around the world because it is World Breastfeeding Month now. So. You got some cool yes. stuff to share.
1: Yeah, and so world. So the first week is World Breastfeeding Week. The second week is Native Breastfeeding Week, where we are going to have an interview for that. The last week is Black Breastfeeding Week, where
0: we will also have an interview. Um, so yeah, we've got lots of stuff planned. To it is
1: celebrate this whole month.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't even realize that there is a month dedicated to breastfeeding. So, um, this is when we like totally pull, pull out all the stops, grab, you know, get information out there, make sure everybody knows all the things. And then today, but today we're going to talk about some really cool, like, I know we usually do like, you know, very specific, okay, we're going to talk about plug ducks. We're going to talk about this or the other thing, but today we're going to talk about like breastfeeding around the world and what that looks like. I mean, it's just, it's really, really cool. To learn some of the things that go on in other countries, with as far as like breastfeeding norms and cultures and things like that.
1: Yeah, and we talk about like the United States, and we always you were usually focused on the United States. Obviously, we're here; most of our listeners are here. Um, But breastfeeding happens around the world, yeah, and in some place it happens much much easier and much healthier than it does here, and more supported Um, sometimes than here. And there's some places that are pretty much like the U.S. and sometimes even worse off. So we can learn a bit about that today because I think, well, we've got the rates out there. So we, you know, we can we can let you know. And we've got some stories from around the world, too. So, yeah. Let's get started. So should, what do you want to start with? Stories well, or should, rates? What do you want to do? How, I don't know. Should we? Maybe let's talk about what are the, what do you have there in front of you? Diane was our rate lady. Do you have like
0: the best, the worst? I do. And actually, it's quite fascinating. It's fascinating and not fascinating at the same time, if that makes any (laughs) sense. In my mind, that makes sense. But to (laughs) other people, it might not. But what I really find fascinating about it is that high-income countries, the rates of breastfeeding are lower. Yeah, And the low-income countries, the rates of breastfeeding are higher. But in the high-income countries, the breastfeeding rates are higher among high-income people. Does that make sense? Like, it's just, it's it's backwards in the countries itself, mm-hmm. but overall, it's not. Like, it's weird. But well, I but think it, I
1: feel like some of this because there's a really popular. This this happens in the in the United States, but it's it is kind of a global thought that like breastfeeding is for poorer countries, right? And once you
0: have enough money you should bottle feed and you should buy formula because you can afford that. Mhm. Yeah. And I used to see that when I worked in the hospital setting. And the hospital that I worked at, there was a high um uh what's the word I'm looking for? High rate of immigrant women having babies. Yeah. And um those women a lot of times would formula feed from the onset, you know, and, and some cultures don't believe in colostrum and, you know, things like that. So yeah. sometimes they would, they would use formula. And I always was like, if you are in your own country, you wouldn't be doing that, you know, like, but they're here in America and that's what the rich people do. That's what you do in America where there's a lot of money and it's just offered to you to use this formula. But in the lower income countries where the, you don't have the money to buy the formula, you don't have the clean water to make the formula, You don't have the education behind it, and everybody is breastfed for years and years and years and years, and you know, like generations of people are being breastfed. That's what you do. But here in America, they're like, "Oh, but formula is the same, so let's just do that because that's where we are. We're here." Um, It is really quite fascinating.
1: Yeah, and this comes down to the aggressive formula marketing. Yes, which is. Not – which is – we talk about that a lot in the United States, but this is global. Yeah. This is com- totally a whole worldwide problem of aggressive formula marketing, and some countries have really locked it down, um, and yeah. others have not. Right.
0: We're not good at that.
1: No. A lot of – some countries are not good at it. Other, other, We're not the only ones that aren't good at it. No. I mean, I think this is important to kind of make us – because in the United States, just first of all, anybody who lives in a country – and say never leaves, because that happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, you tend to think of your country as the center of the world, um, and especially in the United States, because it's the U.S., and it's kind of like everyone's always focused on the U.S., so then if you're in the U.S., you're like, oh, well, we're the center of the world, We're, but we're not. <laughs> there's other countries out there, you know, there's other countries that are... Um, On this planet with us.
0: Right. And it's not like, I always kind of feel like, oh my God, I'm totally bashing my own country. And I'm not like, we're totally not, you know, bashing the United States, but there's some things that we do well here and there's some things that we don't do well here. And one of the things that we don't do well is support women and mothers and breastfeeding.
1: No, and the biggest thing you can, biggest mistake you can make in any country is to blindly support your country without... Analyzing and criticizing and critiquing what's going on there, right? Because people get hurt and people, you know, people suffer,
0: and that's not okay. One of the and the re, yeah, well, one of the reasons why I say that too is that and all the the things that I've read and we've known this forever, but I'm just going to like bring it up again is that breastfeeding rates, like they look at when they're looking at breastfeeding rates, they look at like ever babies that are ever breastfed, and that means if you latch that baby once in the hospital statistically, your baby was breastfed, was ever breastfed, right? Like, mm-hmm. you are counted as, as as ever being breastfed, even if it doesn't continue. So the, the stats of babies ever being breastfed are pretty high. Like, they're, they're pretty high. And then you see it go down a little bit, down a little bit, down a little bit. And then as women go back to work, which in our country, in the United States, is very soon, that's when those statistics really, really, really drop. And that is where, you know, and then the harder it gets and the harder it gets and the harder it gets. And so much research shows like the more we support these women going back to work, giving them a place to pump, allowing them to pump, not, you know, supporting their pumping efforts, things like that. The rates of breastfeeding would be higher. Well, and that's a nice
1: little, just, you know, just to throw this quick little story in here before we get more on with the rates. Let's talk about Norway for a second. Yes. Only 1% of Norwegian babies have ever had breast milk. Have never. Um, Let me say that one more time. Only 1%, 1% of Norwegian babies have never had breast milk. It's amazing. Uh, Norway is extremely generous with their family leave policy. In Norway, parents are entitled to 46 weeks of leave at their full salary, or 56 weeks at 80% of their salary. Fantastic. And this is how you support breastfeeding.
0: Right. That right there. Right. Right. Like, that's a really important piece. And I'm trying to see where Norway is. They're a high-income. Yeah, they're a high-income country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how I said earlier, the higher-income countries have the lower rates of breastfeeding. But not every high-income country. You know, like, just statistically, the higher-income countries. But this is a great example of the high-income countries have the access to support breastfeeding. Yeah. They have it. Sh- it shows because there are several high income countries that do amazing with breastfeeding, and then there are some that do not. So, so what's the high? What what's country wins? What's the win for the
1: most? Well, because then the statistics break down too. They like uh, initiate breastfeeding, breastfeeding at three months, six months, one year. Right. Who's the high? Is there a, who's the who's up there?
0: So the thing that I have here in my hand. Are, is ever breastfed rates, which is the, you know, okay. did you ever breastfeed? And then, like, more in my paperwork, I have the rest of the stuff. But for high-income countries, the rates of babies that have ever been breastfed, the looks like my top one here is Uruguay with 98.7. Wow. Yeah. Um, Sweden is at 98%. Norway is at 95%. Oman is at ninety eight percent there's some really high um you know for high income countries mm-hmm. for low income country and then there's middle income countries too but um the low and middle income countries their rates are all their rates are really high madagascar ninety nine percent for a low they're the you know a low income country ninety nine percent of babies there are ever breastfed that's amazing rwanda ninety eight point eight Yeah, and Rwanda,
1: because we have Rwanda here on our list too. We have this little, um, Diane found this uh, cool article about like 15 breastfeeding traditions from, you know, various countries around the world. Um, And so there's just, you know, 15, obviously there's way more countries, but they just shared. And I don't, so and before I was sharing more about these countries, I wanted to say like, You know, countries vary, but also things vary inside of a country. Mm -hmm. So, you know, somebody might hear this and be like, what? That's not how it is. Um, Because just like if somebody said how the United States was, somebody's perspective, I might be like, what? That's not how it is. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, you know, this is sort of general, and we're not going to take this as gospel, but, you know. But so for, you know, Diane just mentioned Rwanda. Um, But Rwanda is one of these countries where it seems breastfeeding is, you know, we talk about normalized, but it sounds like it's even beyond that. It's just celebrated. It's one of these things that's just right,
0: Rwanda, yeah. Rwanda, and um, Mongolia. Is this the one
1: with the country where um... I'm trying to remember which one was the one where um... if the baby pops off and milk squirts into their people's face, they celebrate
0: it. Yeah, they're just like oh. I think it is, yeah, I think that is that country. I think it is Rwanda.
1: Anyway, so first of all, Rwanda had, um, in 1994, there was massive genocide where an estimated million people were lost. And so there's a lot of people who don't have their female relatives around anymore to share this, you know, breastfeeding knowledge down the line. Um, but 87% of women exclusively breastfeed for six months um but there's a lot of myths and this is what we run into we run, you know we talk about myths in the United States every country not every country but a lot of countries struggle with this too mm-hmm. um that you know that just these um wives tales kind of grandmothers believe that a woman does not have milk for the first 3 days of life and so some a lot of times the grandmothers will bring formula to the hospital like in an emergency like you know just so you don't know, just so you know you don't have milk for the first 3 days you got to feed your baby this formula so that's you know, these are the things that
0: all, a lot of people are dealing with these myths.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Yes. So um places like Bhutan, which is a middle income country, 99.3%, which is fant- amazing. Like these are amazing statistics coming out of these countries. Um Niger, 98.8%. You know, Peru, 98.7 Peru is listed as a middle income country um zimbabwe 98.1 you know senegal 98.5 and you know, this is just these are babies that are you know like like i said ever breastfed but then you have some of your high income countries ireland 55 percent of babies are ever breastfed you know they're a high income country mm-hmm. france 63 percent of babies are ever breastfed um. It, it is just Spain, 77%, you know, and then you've got your countries like, you know, your your countries that I just like mentioned, your low income poor countries and they've got like 98%, you know, I mean, it's such a, he- a drastic difference between these so things. It-
1: Sorry, it was not um, Rwanda, it was Mongolia. Mongolia. Mongolia is the country that's like just, they're like just partying in the streets about breastfeeding. They're, they're like, it's very um, common for people to breastfeed into preschool years or even beyond that. Um, people like, you know, clap for people who walking around breastfeeding and giving thumbs up to people who are breastfeeding in public. And that's where this woman, um, says that she, you know, people would just lean in and kiss her baby while the baby was breastfeeding and just stick their face right in the baby's <laughs> face. And like the baby would pop off and like milk might just start streaming out in their face into the face of the person. And they're just like, Oh, ho, 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 lovely. Like they're not disgusted by breast milk. They like think breast milk is like, they give breast milk, they'll pump breast milk and just give it to friends and family. Cause they think it's so like amazing. and um people at work have to like hide their breast milk because people will take it like they'll just like bring their breast milk to work and then they'll like people will be like
0: "Ooh, breast milk and they'll use it just like yeah. take it and drink it Yeah. um i read something once about mongolia that they just like will keep a pitcher in the refrigerator yeah. and put it out on the table because they're like it's food it's yep. a food and really like that is such it is so crazy how different the mindset. Like here people are like, What? No, we've got this cow that'll give us milk. No, we have this cow's
1: milk. This cow's milk is like food that we put on the table. Which is fine, whatever. But like breast milk then is just like gross. Right. But people are gross. Can you imagine if somebody if somebody's breast milk landed on somebody else? Oh my god. They would freak out. out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then if out. somebody spills, like, a beer on somebody at a bar, they're like, oh, you know, it's okay. No, just I know. It was an accident. Lick it off. Oh, right. For God's <laughs> sakes.
0: But, it, yeah, I love, like, Mongolia. I love that. I totally love that because it's so, so, so normalized Yeah, that so cool. they don't even think twice about it. You know? It's just yeah. it's unbelievable. But you had mentioned that um, about, you know, they breastfeed into... Uh, preschool. preschool years, mm-hmm. yeah. So I do have something about that, which I'm trying to find it now because it was really interesting. I loved it. How about while you look for it, we take a a, a break for our
1: sponsor. Ooh, perfect. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Puracy. Puracy makes high quality natural household products without all the BS, bad stuff. What do those smelly and highly toxic household cleaners and soaps have going for them? They work. And if you've ever tried to use other more natural products to clean your house and clothes, you know that effectiveness is the trade-off. Puracy has succeeded in creating plant-based, safe, and effective products that actually outperform those chemical cleaners. They've harnessed the power of Himalayan pink sea salt, sustainable coconuts, pure olive oil, and essential oils, and consult with doctors, chemists, and pediatricians to formulate products such as their natural stain remover, natural multi-surface cleaner, and gel hand sanitizer. They are 100% made in the U.S., and Diane and I use them in our houses, and we love them. Yeah,
0: we do. Yeah, they're cool.
1: Millions of people have kicked their harsh household cleaners to the curb and become loyal customers of Puracy, leaving over 25,000 five-star reviews in their tracks. Head to Puracy.com forward slash badass for 10% off of your purchase. Puracy, P-U-R-A-S, no, no, (laughs) P-U-R-A-C-Y.com, forward slash badass, and you can use 10%, you'll get 10% off your purchase when you go there. Um, And today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Fairhaven Health is excited to introduce Sage Personal Moisturizer and Lubricant, the newest product in their vaginal care and comfort collection. Products designed to support vaginal health through every life stage. Sage is designed to replenish your natural lubrication and provide temporary relief from vaginal dryness. Vaginal dryness is most common in older women, but there are a handful of other factors that lead to vaginal dryness, like breastfeeding, um, some antidepressants, fertility and cancer medications, stress, and even exercise can lead to vaginal dryness. And that is uncomfortable. As with all their vaginal care products, Sage is made without estrogen, parabens, glycerol, or coating oils. Check out Sage and all the other vaginal care products at Fairhavenhealth.com, F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N Health.com, and use promo code Badass for fifteen percent off your purchase. Um, and head to Badass Breast Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, and you'll find show notes for this episode, where you'll find our sponsors links the promo codes that you can you know just directly use um and you'll find all of our breastfeeding resources all of our other episodes um our our show notes also will have links we can put all the stuff that diane and i are talking about today into our show notes yeah i was just thinking Um, that
0: too yeah yeah
1: because we're just like blabbing blabbing um and you'll also find information about scheduling your lactation consultation with Diane, her an online consultation, just you and Diane, and she can fix your problems cuz she's a magician.
0: I am. And <laughs> I'm I am magical.
1: And today's shout out of the week goes to Moms Rising.
0: Nice. You can find
1: uh, Moms Rising on Instagram, MomsRising.org. You'll find them at MomsRising.org on Instagram and on Facebook. And let me tell you a little bit about them. So I'm just going to have to read because, you know, I want it to be in their words. So uh, MomsRising.org is an on-the-ground and online grassroots organization of more than a million people who are working to achieve economic security for all moms, women, and families in the United States. Moms Rising is working for paid leave earn sick days affordable childcare, and for an end to the wage and hiring discrimination which penalizes so many mothers moms rising also advocates for better childhood nutrition health care for all toxic free environments breastfeeding rights so that all children can have a healthy start and a national budget that reflects the contributions of women and moms hello Mm -hmm. go follow them be a part of what they're doing you can join them join the millions of people MomsRising.org, Facebook, Instagram, and the interwebs. Yes. That's all I have.
0: It's fantastical. That's a good one. I mean, they're all good ones, but yeah, that's definitely a good one. All right. So let's talk about extended breastfeeding. And how often do we hear people say, my doctor told me anything after six months is water. My doctor told me that there's no benefit after a year to breastfeeding. My mom wants to know when I'm going to stop doing this because he can talk now and has teeth. So why am I still breastfeeding him? As if once your kid gets teeth, they don't need breast milk anymore. I don't know. That's something that is out there in the rumor mill, I guess. But... This, now the thing that, and I said I was going to link this in the show notes, because it is, there's some great information in this article that I found, and it's called um, Breastfeeding in the 21st Century, and they talk all about, they cover everything, like why breastfeeding is important in all these different aspects, including, which we will hopefully get to, goodness, we've like so much cool I stuff to talk about, <laughs> but like the environmental aspect of breastfeeding, yeah, which a lot of people don't about talk about, that. but... This says, and this is, I mean, UNICEF covers, you know, they're looking at the world here. So breastfeeding is one of the top interventions for reducing under five mortality. To achieve its full impact, breastfeeding should continue up to the age of two years as its protective effect extends well into the second year of life. And children aged six to 23 months, any breastfeeding was associated with a 50% reduction in deaths. Wow. Wow. So if anybody says to you, your breastfeeding does not need to happen past a year because there's no benefit to it. Your child should only be eating regular food. This says otherwise. Research tells us otherwise, that it is still an important factor. And people might say, oh, but that's in other countries where, you know, they're more prone to getting to having disease or they're more prone to being sick or whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, kids are babies are babies. They're going to be healthier with breastfeeding regardless of where you live. It just, and that's what the research tells us. Mm-hmm. And, and on the other end of it, you don't need to defend your choices to anybody. I'm sorry. You don't. Right. So that I think, I think that was a very, very telling statement that six to 23 months, any breastfeeding was associated with a 50% reduction in deaths. So when people say, oh, you're being selfish breastfeeding or breastfeeding, you know, you don't have to breastfeed or it's okay to not breastfeed all the time, like do what you feel is right for your baby. And if this is what you want, do it because you're, you're, there's a lot there. There's a lot of benefit that people do not talk about. Absolutely. Um, What are some of the other things we want to make sure that we highlight here? Yeah. So Brazil is a cool, has a little cool story too. Um, the
1: uh Brazil has um the government has come out and strongly endorsed breast milk, and increased the breastfeeding rates, um. And. And the infant mortality rates to nose dive, for more than uh for two two decades they've been on this campaign, and you know all the everybody's getting healthier. Um, They've regulated the advertising of um, formula. In 2015, Brazil placed a ban on infant formula advertising. That's what I mean about locking it down. They just banned it. Good for them. Um, And here's a cool thing. So the Brazil network of human milk banks is the largest in the world. Of the close to 300 human milk banks in the world, Brazil has 220 of them. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah close to 167,000 brazilian women have donated milk uh donated to milk banks and um they just continue to to give their milk there so that's really awesome and for people who are um so you and you can turn things around too you can we can turn this around oh absolutely you ban the so i mean i don't i don't know i mean like there's so many countries on here and if you read it from top from top to bottom you know which we will link it to you you can see how, how much of effect, how much the formula marketing and the advertising has to do with um, the low breastfeeding rates and the infant mortality
0: rates? It's me, a, yes. I mean, there's a direct oh correlation. Yes. So, okay. So a couple other things I want to make sure I mentioned. We were talking about the maternity leave. Short maternity leave le- that's less than six weeks increases the odds of not breastfeeding or stopping early by 400%. That's wow. crazy. So the formula industry, in 2014, global sales, global sales of all baby milk formula were about $44.8 billion U.S. dollars. And by 2019, the market value is projected, projected to increase to $70.6 billion. And that was 2019, mm-hmm. and we're in 2020. So I'm sure they reached that number because I don't think they ever yeah. reached their numbers. Billion. Dollars. No. And
1: the pandemic is going to be, they're going to profit off of this. They oh, they're are. totally
0: profiting off of it. Um, par- part of the push this year for um, world breastfeeding month or world breastfeeding week is about, you know, the healthier planet and supporting breastfeeding and encouraging governments You know how Abby was just saying, like, we want the government to lock down some of these things that are impeding breastfeeding, because really, if the government doesn't stand forward and say we need a better maternity leave for our mothers, we need better support for our mothers, we need, you know, more um, milk banks for mothers to get donor milk if they don't need if they don't have it or for the hospitals to be using donor milk for their, you know, for their sick preterm babies. Those things, those are things that could be changed at a government level. So one of the other things that we're looking at, too, is how breastfeeding and formula feeding impacts our planet. And I think people don't really realize that that's a thing, you know, and how much that impacts what goes on in our planet and how much energy is actually used to make formula. And if you're somebody who's like really all about having that greener planet, then this is... This is something that you can use, you know, you can use this to, you know, to help people realize how much damage is being done by formula feeding, not just for our kids, but for the planet itself. So breast milk is a natural renewable food that is environmentally sound and produced and delivered to the consumer without pollution, unnecessary packaging or waste. In contrast, formula leaves leaves a large Ecological footprint requiring energy for manufacturing, materials for packaging, fuel for distribution, water and toxic cleaning agents for daily preparation. They need toxic cleaning agents to prepare this. Mm -hmm. In the United States alone, 550 million cans, 86,000 tons of metal and 364,000 tons of paper annually used to package formula end up in landfills.
1: Oh, gross.
0: Breast milk's contribution to more environmentally responsible production and consumption patterns makes it an invaluable resource in reaching global sustainability and climate change goals. Absolutely.
1: I have a little fact here that I found on the New York Milk Bank. You should follow them, too, on Instagram. They're pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah. And so it says here seven hundred and twenty, seven hundred and twenty four hundred and fifty thousand tons of milk formula, a formula sold in six Asian countries, okay, we're talking about six Asian countries, not talking about the world, just six Asian countries, generated more more than 2.9 million tons of greenhouse gases. I mean, this is like, and it's estimated that more than 4,000 liters of water are needed to produce one kilo of formula. Wow. Uh, This is stuff that we don't need
0: to be doing at this rate. It's so easy to not. You know, I I know if
1: we you're right, it has to be the government. We have to pressure the governments to step in.
0: Yeah. And create these. Yeah. But this is where like all you mamas, because you guys might be listening to this going, oh, my God, these statistics are crazy. I didn't realize it. But what am I supposed to do? I'm just a breastfeeding mother sitting here listening to a podcast. But this is where like if you can support your friends that are having babies, if you can support, you know, start a support group online on Facebook Put out good, knowledgeable, solid information for families and friends. Be that person, you know, that is going to support breastfeeding for other people. And that goes a long way. It really does. that's what we need. We need mothers to feel supported so that they can continue their breastfeeding journey, which is going to make it better for everybody else over time.
1: Yep. You have the power. Be the change.
0: Be the change. We want to see in the world. Who did that? Like it was like. I don't know, Gandhi, Gandhi or I something.
1: think, yeah. We and both came up with Gandhi, so it must be right. <laughs> we're just throwing his name out there like he's
0: nothing. Ah, it's just Gandhi. Who cares? But it's true, and there's a lot of, you know, there. there's a lot of things that um, that we could sit here and talk about because I have other stats that, like, we didn't even touch on that are just so well, fantastic. Well, I, I feel like
1: we could go on forever, and yeah. we ran out of time. And so I feel like we can – so go to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, I'll put this article up there that's about all the different countries because that is just a super fun read. And you can – it really gives you some perspective on what's going on around the world with breastfeeding. Um, And you have more information.
0: Mm -hmm. I have a lot of the statistical stuff for people who like that kind of thing. Um, You know, talking about like 2025 goals for the world, 2030 goals for the world – um, you know, things that we are trying to work towards for a a healthier world and and population. And there's, you know, and this might also give you, depending on what issue you might come up against, this might give you some fuel to really, you know, to stand up for yourself. If other people are, are telling you, you don't need, you don't need to breastfeed at work. You don't need to pump at work. You don't need to breastfeed after your child starts solids. You don't need to blah, 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 whatever it is that people are telling you. This could give you more information to, you know, to fight your battle. Right.
1: And don't believe the hype that America's leading the way on this. We are not. Mm -mm. We are not doing well. And there are a lot of countries that we can look to um, uh, uh, about what they're doing and how they've managed to get a handle on it. And
0: we can do that. We have
1: to, but it's up to us. It is. To pressure, to to put the pressure on.
0: So happy World Breastfeeding Week to everybody. Right. Go
1: breastfeed and have fun.
0: Everybody go breastfeed and have fun. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.